Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everybody? Rad Dad Brett here, bringing you another episode of The Rad Dad Show. On this episode, I'm chatting with Aaron Dahlbeck from legendary hardcore bands Bane and Converge, punk rock supergroup Only Crime, and his latest project, Be Well. He also owns his own coffee company, Essex Coffee Roasters, and most importantly, is a rad dad to a six-year-old son, Scout. We talk about the amazement you feel as a parent when your child learns a new skill, like reading, how your personal identity changes when you have your first child, and how it can be tough coming to terms with that. And of course, we talk about the Bane documentary, Holding These Moments, which chronicles Bane's final tour. We talk about the debut Be Well record and work that's already started on their second record, and Aaron's Coffee Company, which just released a good riddance blend called For God and Coffee. We also get a little glimmer of hope about new only crime material, so you won't want to miss this one. With that, pour yourself an Essex coffee, sit back and enjoy Rad Dad, Aaron Dahlbeck on the Rad Dad's Show. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us on the Rad Dad Show. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Um, we're going to start off the way we always do. Who are you? Uh, my name's Aaron Dahlbeck. I live in, now I live in Marietta, Pennsylvania. So about an That's hour. New. Yeah, we moved, we moved here in April, right in the middle of the pandemic. Okay. Uh, well, we thought it was the middle, but it was actually the beginning at this point now. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, right when everything was like locking down and getting crazy. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't leave your house, but we're gonna have to move to a different state. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure it was tough to like get help moving or like you know all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had we were living in Maryland for a year previously, so we had moved to Massachusetts down to Maryland, which is about five and a half hours south of where we live in Massachusetts. And uh, we knew it was only gonna be temporary that we would get a real, my wife was down there for an apprenticeship. Okay. And we knew it was only gonna be a year. So we moved again, but we moved an hour away from there, but it's still the same distance from Massachusetts. It's still like five and a half hours. So it's pretty nice. We're like, we're an hour and a half west of Philly. Okay. Well, nice. an hour north of Baltimore, an hour and a half west of Philly. So it's a pretty nice location and we love it. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah. So Casey moved last year. How, how do people know you, Aaron? What have you been involved in? I I know, but maybe for anybody yeah. out there who, who doesn't know. Yeah, for I played in Bain for about, we were around for 21 years. Um, well, just shy of 21 years, actually. And I'm also currently in Only Crime, but we haven't done anything actually since the week my son was born. Oh, so wow. we haven't done anything in about six years. So that was, it's a little, and uh, I'm also playing bass now in a new band called Be Well. Right. So, yeah. And you guys put out a record last we, year, like your we, first record. Yeah. We just had a pandemic thing. Yeah. It was, we our first LP came out in August called The Weight and the Cost. It's on Equal Vision. Um, it was supposed to come out in June and we decided to push it back. We're like, well, maybe the pandemic will be done. We'll push it back a little bit. And then came out in August and we couldn't, right. we didn't want to push it back anymore. Yeah. So, I've heard, heard people describing releasing a, an album during the pandemic. It's kind of like putting your album into the Bermuda Triangle. Like it's just, there's nothing to do with it. Yeah. It's weird. We're going to like, we won't, there's no way we're going to play a show for probably, you know, 16 months after the record came out yeah it's crazy it's weird it's great but, record though 
Yeah, we've gotten great feedback. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, despite not being able to play shows, I think it really connected with a lot of people, especially now. Like, I think everything going on, I mean, obviously even related to this, like even being a dad, you take, you really take stock in everything and realize how uh, you, you can't take anything for granted. And I think, I think that record kind of like brings out a lot of feelings about a lot of things, you know, and really connected with people. So I think it was in a weird way, it was a good time for it to come out for the, the actual record, but not for us playing shows. <laughs> right. Right. And so you mentioned your son, so you're a dad. Yeah. I'm a dad. I have one, I have one child scout. He's six. He turned six at the end of October. Okay. And so often I'll like kind of try and get a sense of where you were in your yeah. kind of career when, when you had your first child, you just kind of mentioned right. Would have been right around pursuance coming up. Yep. So, um, Scout was born in 2014. Uh, it was weird, like intertwining of all the stuff. Like, um, my wife and I had been together for a while and we had talked about, I always wanted to be a dad, but like, I just, I, I was previously married and it was awful. And then me, me and my wife are now, we got reconnected. We had known each other since 2000. We reconnected and like everything clicked and uh, we had talked about having kids and we were just kind of like, eh, like my wife never wanted kids before we were together. Right. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, it ha- we, she was pregnant with Scout and at the same time, Bane was wrapping up. Right. Like Bane actually in 2000 and I don't remember the year, 2000. The beginning of 2014, I think, we decided we were going to wrap it up. We were going to do the last things that we wanted to do. And then, um, so I was gone extensively for, unfortunately, for the first two years of my of Scout's life, which is really right. you hard. You guys did a huge, like a huge I mean, we, tour. Yeah, I mean, Bane was on, right? normally Bane was on the road for, you know, eight months a year. But between that and only crime being gone i was gone so much i mean it was it was crazy and 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 while my wife was pregnant i was like i need to do all the stuff now to like i mean punk rock is not at all about money but that's all i did so i was like i get a tour and and play as many shows as i can so i can just like try to stockpile as much as i can while i while i can for us so I mean, there was the summer that she was pregnant with Scout. I was gone. I did back-to-back Europe tours with Only Crime and then Bane. So I was gone for like eight weeks for that. But then it just made more sense. I was like, well, I should come home for five days. Like it was just, you know, it it was crazy. It was definitely trying. And I, I, I am for always thankful that my wife, put up with it for lack of a better term, <laughs> you know, yeah. cause it's, it's not easy. Well, it's and not- I mean, it's, it's challenging for us too. I mean, I'm not saying it's the same at all, but it's, it's really challenging, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, there's that feeling of being away and that uh, maybe there's some, some like almost guilt associated with that or. Yeah, for sure. There yeah. is. But then I was at the same, like my wife wasn't working at the time. She was about to have my son and I was like, well, I need to work. She's yeah. not working. I get to go do stuff, you know, I get to go play shows and try to, but, and the band was ending and Bane was ending. So on, on top of that, it's like, okay, 
this is it. These are the last times we're going to play shows. So we got to do as much as we can, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and so, and, and you, we'll probably talk about this a little bit later too, but like that was all chronicled too, right? Like in, in this documentary that came out pretty recently. Yeah. Yep. About sort of the wrapping up of, of being so that was like, you had these two huge momentous things happening in your life. You know, I, I mean, only crime that album was happening too. So yeah, you know, oh, yeah. discount that. But like these two huge. Yeah, it was. It was happened. definitely. It was definitely a, a. I mean, so much was going on at that point. I mean, like pursuance had just come out. Uh, before I mean, it was before Scott was born, but like. We had played shows, and like my wife was, my son was born, due at the end of October, so like. Only Crime had all these shows planned. And then we were played the fest. And that was the only time I never played with Only Crime. And I was like, I can't go. My wife's gonna have a baby any day. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was interesting. And that was actually the last shows that Only Crime played was when they played the fest. So but yeah, between between waiting for my wife to have the child, Bane breaking up, like <laughs> it was great. It was but it sounds like, so you kind of mentioned before, you you knew you always wanted to have kids. Were you at all kind of nervous about about having a, a child? Oh, for sure. I yeah. mean, I tell everybody that I know that has like friends that are going to have a kids. I'm like, you know, you're one, you're never going to be ready. You're never going to be right. ready to have a kid. And you're, you're always, there's always things to be nervous about, but at the same time, it's the best kind of nervousness. I mean, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world, obviously. Like if, if somebody was like, you can never play a show again, if you have the, if, if you know, it's like have a have scout in your life or never have a show again, I'd be like, all right, guess I'm never playing a show again. Yeah, no brainer, like, right? Like no brainer. Yeah. So what, like, what's the most rewarding thing about being a dad to you or things? I mean, I am, I'm super lucky. Like my job has always been remote so i mean sometimes it's not the it's it's frustrating but like my most rewarding thing is like i get to literally spend all of my time that he's home with him and like i feel like that's to me that's the most rewarding thing because i know at this point i was i've been home more than half than i've been away at this point in his life but like to for some reason to me like and my wife even says it like I'm always trying to make up for those two years you know so to me the most rewarding thing for me is to be able to be with him so much honestly and just, just kind of get to see everything uh, yeah blooming and like becoming his own person you know and you said he's six years old right yeah he turned six the end of October yeah so I've got a five year old daughter so kind of similar similar age they they change a lot in that oh that time yeah frame. so six is is different than five but it is kind of amazing that's right around five I'm noticing like this is when they start to become their own little person like they have their own friends and stuff going on and stories like that you weren't aware of and <laughs> yeah it was crazy like we did something the other day and like he started reading like he's he's been like slowly starting to read but he's just like read something completely off the, and Jennifer and I would just look at each other and we were both like this is crazy he's actually like just reading like it was so so crazy it was mind-blowing <laughs> yeah it's amazing like in, in the back of your mind you know like eventually they'll learn to read at some point they'll figure it out and you work on it with them but when they start doing stuff like that you're like 
Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah, that's awesome. So you kind of had a a period, it sounds like, kind of right after Scout was born, where you, you were touring lots, there's lots going on, you were kind of away a little bit. What what's what's changed though now? Like what's changed about Aaron Dahlbeck since becoming a dad? Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> this, this, this isn't supposed to, this may come off kind of like conceited, but it's not supposed to be at all, but it's really weird just being scout's dad and not being like Aaron from Bain or like the guy that's playing the show. It's very weird. And it's, it's very, uh, mentally challenging. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, anybody has ever seen or talked to Bain knows that we're like, just as happy to meet the people at the shows as they are meeting us or whatever. Like we never put ourselves on a pedestal whatsoever, but it's weird just being like they're normal. I'm just like, I'm just scout sad. Like, (laughs) well, yeah. Like, do do you think it's like almost a feeling of like losing some of your independence in some way? Is, is that kind of what you, what you, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 Like losing some of your identity, you know, I guess. Or your identity. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. normal, right? Like I, I talked with lots of dads about that. Like, um, I guess that feeling like, like you said before, you wouldn't trade it for anything, but, right. but that feeling of like, Oh, I used to be this person who could just make all my own decisions for me and just like do the best thing for me and get all the attention. And it's all about me. And now it's not anymore. And yeah. Yeah. That's challenging. Right. Like I think it's hard to admit that that's challenging, but I think it's a pretty universal thing. Oh, for sure. And, and I think it's even more challenging in this time that we're in right now. Like, I don't know how bad it is up in Canada, but like in the U S it's like, I mean, thankfully scout goes to a, a very small Waldorf school. So it's like, he's outside. Okay. 80% of the day. He's only kindergarten. Oh, cool. So he's outside 80% of the day. There's, the biggest day, I think there's 12 kids in his class. Wow. So, I mean, he, and it's, it's a three minute walk from our house. Oh, cool. <laughs> he, like it's right down the street, which is awesome. But like, it's weird because there is no, there's no uh, alone time sort of say for you or for, for me or yeah. like for Jennifer or me and Jennifer or anything. Like my parents live five and a half hours away, you know? So like, we don't have any, so it's hard to have that, like uh, your own thing. Yeah. Especially now, you know? even like even hobbies or whatever, like, yeah. I, I totally get that. And we're, you know, the pandemics made it that much worse, right? Because your options are so much more limited. Um, yeah. Kind of the same for us. Like I'm, I'm mostly working from home. And so you're only so far away from your kids ever. And, and it's just hard to like, not have time to, process your own stuff so right and we try to do every day we try to like you know remind ourselves that like we're lucky and you know yeah. like one we're lucky that we have jobs because in the u.s it's awful right now yeah. but yeah, here too okay but also we're just lucky because we we get to spend time with scout you know like growing up i mean i had two great parents i have two great parents but like my dad would work 60 70 hours a week just because he had to you know what i mean so it's like we saw him on the weekends and that was really about it you know yeah like so we're lucky to be able to see him as much as we are 
you know, yeah, sometimes think... go ahead go ahead you know sometimes we'll get frustrated which every no matter what the situation is you get frustrated or like worked up about it sorry here comes my dog <laughs> oh that's okay what's the dog's name bingsley bingsley hey bingsley <laughs> but like but uh but we're lucky to be able to spend time with them you know yeah it, i think it can be both right yeah for sure you, you can't it's hard um not lose sight of those things that you're you know you're fortunate to have and they, they kind of just become normal and then yeah you start to you'll get frustrated with things that maybe you shouldn't. And I, I just, yeah, I think that's kind of a normal part of it. So how do you guys sort of, how do you cope with that? What, what, what strategies do you guys use? And I guess, especially during the pandemic, right? Yeah. I mean, luckily, I mean, like he go, he's going to school full time right now. So, I mean, luckily he gets to get, I mean, it's probably just as good for him, but he gets to get a break from us. Right you know, now he never went to school full time till after January after the holiday break, he started going full time and he is loving. He like the first week he's like, can I go longer? We're like, there is no longer dude. You're going till three o'clock. Like yeah, that's the end of school. <laughs> yeah. But like, so he gets to get that break from us also, which is, is helping tremendously on, on, on all of our ends. I think, you know, right. Yeah. And luckily like my wife, her schedule is crazy. She's a home birth midwife. Right. Yeah. You were mentioning that. Yeah. So her schedule is crazy. So she could just, I mean, she'll, sometimes she'll be gone for two days. Yeah. So, but at the same time, when she comes home, like she'll give me a break and I'll go do something, you know, like I'll just go to the grocery store if I need to and just take an extra long trip and just, you yeah. know, decompress a little bit, you know, and vice versa. Like if, if she's home for a while and then, I mean, that's really the only way we can really, deal with you know yeah yeah it's like it's like we were talking about before like I think a lot of parents this is part of why I love having these conversations like even personally it's nice to hear like I'm not the only one who kind of feels that way like it's nice to have some time away from your kids sometimes right and yeah for them to have time away from you for everybody to kind of have their own thing and get your thoughts in order my wife and I were just talking about it last night like you know going out to the grocery store after the kids go to bed or whatever for an hour, like just to be by yourself for an hour is nice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll drive to the grocery store. I'll throw in a podcast and like, (laughs) you know, it's good. Yeah. It's good. So Aaron, this is the rad dad show. Are you a rad dad? I think I am. I mean, I think I'm, I'm pretty good dad, you know, like, I, don't, I, I hope I'll never be the, the dad that scouts like, oh, come on, this is my dad. Like, <laughs> like so I think I'm, yeah. What's, what's a rad dad to you? What are the traits of a rad dad? Uh, the traits of a rad dad is just being there for your kid and just like be able, doing, getting down and doing whatever he wants to do and not just like brushing him off or like, thinking something is just for a kid or whether it's like running around the backyard, pretending you're a monster for 45 minutes till your back hurts or like uh, building Legos or doing anything that they want to do. You know, sometimes it's, it's rough, but you know, that's the best. It's a very small amount of time, you know, like I just uh, being a rad dad, just, being able to be that person that your your 
your child always wants to be with or always feels comfortable coming to, you know? Right. So yeah, providing that kind of comfort for them, the relationship, engaging with them and being present. Yeah. Yeah. And not being like judgmental of anything. Like I can't stand that when like parents are so judgmental about their own kids. And it's like, why would you do that to your child? (laughs) You know, you know, I catch myself sometimes. I don't know if you do this, but catch myself like holding my kids to a standard of an adult. (laughs) Like, why would you do that? Like, well, they're just a kid. We did, we, my wife, Jennifer and I just had a conversation about it the other night, like literally, I think last night saying that we're, we hold our expectations too high for him sometimes. And you now we got to remember, he's just a kid. He's six. Like, I don't remember what I was doing, but I'm sure it was pretty stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I probably did some pretty stupid things as a six-year-old. <laughs> Typical for a six-year-old. Exactly. That's yeah. life as a six-year-old. You know, you just do anything. Like today he was literally, Jennifer came home from meetings all day. She walked in and he's running around the house saying he's a cat throwing this like foam ball around. Yeah. <laughs> like literally you running around like a maniac. I was like, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's good. They're having fun, right? Exactly. Exactly. So you talked a little bit about your dad. Um, yeah. What, yeah. what was your relationship like with your dad? I had a great relationship with both my parents. Uh, my dad is very into, I mean, I was born in 74, so he was very much into what they call now classic rock, but it was always called classic rock somehow. But <laughs> they knew right when it came out, it's classic. Yeah, yeah they knew it was classic. <laughs> <laughs> but like he was always into, really into music. And I think that's, he never played music but he was very into music and my mom played music, played the piano. So I know for sure, like my first foray into heavier music was through my dad, which is awesome. Like, like I found an old black Sabbath bootleg cassette from when he was in Vietnam. And like, crazy. that, that was like my introduction to heavy music. <laughs> like crazy. But yeah, I always have, I've, my relationship with my parents are awesome. Like I could call them at any time if I needed anything or had a question about anything or, you know. Do you, do you think you, like as, as a dad now yourself, like do you think there's things that you sort of took from the way your dad was and in, in terms of the way you approach parenting? For sure. I mean, I think, I think the way my dad brought us up and like, I mean, I always joke, like, I'm really, really lucky. I grew up with like, both my parents are still together. I knew all four of my grandparents really, really, really well. Like I, my last grandparent died a year ago. So, I mean, I grew, I grew up with all of my grandparents, you know what I mean? So I think, and it was, they were very close families and both of the families were really close. So I think I, I took a lot from my dad and like, my grandfather, both of my grandfathers, because it was kind of like you could see them in him, you know what I mean? Like it was just like this, but for sure, I mean. And so you mentioned music uh, was important in your house growing up. So how important is it for you um, to kind of share music with your son now? I know, I kind of know the age, like I feel like 
at five years old, my daughter, Elise, is kind of maybe for the last year or so has kind of been interested in some music that wasn't like kids music. And, but yeah. I, she doesn't really care about what I'm listening to yet. She, there's a couple, you know, every once in a while you get a few in there, but we've, we've always played music around him. Um, he, when he was, I mean, when I would be on the road, Jennifer would listen to stuff. And she said that like, whenever she would put like Bane on, he would like go crazy in her belly. <laughs> but uh, that's awesome. But when he was little, we, we've always listened to music, like always listen to music. And he likes most kid stuff, but he likes the Ramones. <laughs> oh, nice. He likes Jimmy Eat World. Cool. Um, but he, I mean, he listens to some stuff, but most of it's kid stuff. But there's lots of music going on around the house. How, what does he know about your career and your history? Does he kind of, does he kind of get it? Yeah, we watched, we actually, he, he was very, uh, it was hard to get him to watch it, but the first time I watched the full Bane documentary the whole way through, he watched it first with us and like, he's in it That's awesome. a little bit. And he was like, Oh wow. But he was, he got a little over it quickly, but he knows. And uh, he definitely has met like the guys in be well a couple of times. Yeah. And he said, he says when shows start happening, he wants to come to the shows and stage dive. <laughs> <laughs> Like on his own, he came up to that. I was like, who told you that? It's like, I just want to stage dive. I was like, all right. Yeah, I'm sure you can we'll see. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, we'll see what happens. <laughs> like a little kid's ball pit or something that the kids can stage dive into. I mean, it'll be seven by the time shows happen again. So, I mean, I started, I started going to shows when I was 12 yeah. or 13. So, and I didn't have parents that would have brought me to show. So, Hey, you never know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's cool. So um, you, you talked a little bit about um, like those first couple of years, we've talked about that a couple of times kind of being away. How did you guys kind of manage that? What was, what, what strategies did you kind of use to be able to kind of deal with being away? That's a pretty common thing for lots of musicians. Sounds like it was really pretty intense for, for you, but what did that look like for you guys during that time? I mean, we were lucky at the time we lived in Salem, Mass. So we weren't too far from my parents' house. And um, luckily, I mean, my wife was still in school becoming a home birth midwife. But at the time it was like, she would go for a long weekend to school. And then it was all like independent learning and all online. So she actually wasn't working at the time. She was a student, which helped tremendously, obviously. Um, and she was, she wasn't working at all till after the band was till after Bane was done. So that made it help, made it easy to schedule stuff and to like, you know, deal with me being gone on that front. <laughs> yeah. Definitely what definitely wasn't for her as easy for her as, you know, it sounds, but it's that made it easier that she wasn't actually working a job you know, like a, like a nine to five job. She was a student. Yeah. So it's like, you know, kind of talking about it in the context of musicians, but there's lots of families where dad's away, mom's away. Like you, you got to make it work. Right. And so yeah. that's, that's how you guys did it. I mean, you just got to make it, you just got to do what you got to do. And, and then, you know, that's to bring it to back to the present. Like that's like when we, when Jennifer got the opportunity to do the apprenticeship down in Maryland, 
I was just like, all right, let's go. We'll do whatever we'll do whatever we can to make this work for you now. You know, I was like, you did it for me for the first, you know, two, two and a half years of Scout's life that whatever we need to do to make this work for you now, we'll do it. You know? Yeah. So it, that's like what you have to do as a parent is you just make the compromises and like, and it's not, I don't want to say compromises. Like you just do what you need to do to make things work. Right. You know, every kind of family unit, whatever that looks like. Is yeah. Yeah. Right? Different needs and different ways of managing things. Some people have the grandparents around, some people don't and just got to figure it out. It was funny. We were talking to, I was dropping picking Scott scout up at school today. And uh, one of the moms who lives down the street that we're friends with, she was like, Oh, tonight's date night. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> like, cause we, we don't have anybody around here. Like, obviously we're not going to find a babysitter in the middle of a pandemic. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's so. tough. Right. Like, it, cause you, there's, there's that side of it too. Right. Like if you're in a relationship, like you, you gotta kind of find a way to make that work yeah stay happy and sane because especially right now it's pretty pretty tough it's, right it's it's trying man yeah being it's cooped trying. up at home and yeah. like guys there'll be days that i don't i mean i i'm the one to bring scout to school and picks them up but besides that there's there's there'll be like four or five days and i'm like i've only walked to scout school and back and that's it yeah you know but it'll be over soon i hope what? how have you guys kind of been dealing with like the, the pandemic stuff? Like what, you know, like with, with scout or like, I mean, he knows about it for sure. Like we're very open with it with him. Cause uh, like, I also own a coffee company, a coffee roasting company. Right. So before I, I started before we moved down to Maryland. So I still go back to Massachusetts quite frequently. Like I was, I was going every other week to roast coffee because that's where my roaster is. And uh, Scout would come, Scout would come up with me and oh, he was spent out. He was spent time with my parents while I roasted. And then we'd, I leave on a Thursday night and then come back late Saturday night or early Sunday. And we did that every other week for a year, you know, and then the pandemic hit and now he doesn't go to see my parents because my dad is immune compromised. So it's like, we can't even risk my dad getting it. Like yeah. obviously nobody wants to get it, but if my dad got it, it would be really, really bad news. Is, so is vaccine kind of rolling out in your area now? What does that look it's, like? It's, it's starting to, Yeah, but I'm a little, I mean, I, so back to my wife, she, she's a midwife, but she, services a lot of um amish families okay so a lot of them don't really think it's as bad as it is yeah so she's at risk because of that so we're like all right she's gonna get the vaccine as soon as we can and then i'm like well i I obviously if she's going to all those families i want to get it to be safe yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie i'm a little skeptical of it (laughs) because <laughs> it was yeah. done so fast yeah um uh, well, like, like our, what are what are kind of like our cases um under control there or is it pretty crazy it, it's cases are going down okay pretty drastically okay but it's not even like compared to where it was a month ago they're going down drastically yeah. compared to where they were in the worst time before september 
they've skyrocketed. Yeah. It's like kind of the same here. Like we, we were really crazy right before Christmas, like really bad. And so like things shut down over Christmas and now it's come back down, but still. Do you guys have, do you have vaccines up there yet at all? You know what? We've got a huge shortage of vaccine. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, ours is just, I mean, first responders and yeah, some nursing homes and that's really about it. Yeah. Kind of similar here. We're probably a little bit behind you I, for whatever reason, Canada's allocation of the vaccine has been a little bit less, but it just, yeah, yeah it's all kind of politics and stuff too. So it's all the snow. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Couldn't fly through the blizzard. All the vaccine. Um, so we do this thing called rad dad, bad dad feature. And I'm going to put you on the spot and just ask you to think of a time. Number one, like kind of a blue ribbon dad moment where you felt really proud. Um, about something anything um and then if you could think of a kind of bad dad moment that like face palm moment of like oh i can't believe i did that um does anything come to mind oh rad dad moment oh god that is such a put me on the spot <laughs> i should have given you a warning before i mean this is gonna sound ridiculous because you live in the land of snow <laughs> but this past weekend was the first time that scouts ever actually really gone s- sledding by himself. Yeah. I actually posted the pictures on my Instagram, some stills from the video yeah. and just to see how happy he was. Yeah. I like, saw him getting some air. Yeah. He was getting some serious air and he was totally fine. He loved it. And That's he's awesome. a very, he's a very nervous child, which is weird. Cause we didn't bring up, we didn't raise him that way. We never like, we're like, oh, be careful. Like we were always just kind of like, I mean, obviously we were about certain things, but we wanted him to do what he can do, you know, yeah. as long as he was safe. But he's a very standoffish child now. So him seeing him going over those jumps was pretty awesome. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the bad, cool. a bad dad moment. I mean, I'll, I, I'll be honest, like sometimes I'll just, especially now, like I'll, I'll have a stressful day at work and something will happen and I'll just like, I'll just, he'll do something or say something. I'll, I'll be like, what are you doing? And then like literally like a, not even a minute after I, I like raise my voice or something. I'm just like, what did I just yeah. do? Like it's, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not justifying it, but you know, just stress is just especially right now i mean it's just so high for everybody well we like i think it's kind of a human thing we take out like most of our frustration on the people we love the most right like just because they're around and we know we can kind of get away with it and so your your threshold for flipping your lid is kind of a little bit lower and yeah i feel it feels bad right yeah in the same way like you know you just you get into the red and then you say something or yell or whatever and you're just like what why did i do that and then every i mean anytime it happens i'm always like my biggest thing in my head is like no matter what if something that ever happens i have like i gotta go and apologize to him you know what i mean like even jennifer will be he'll be mad he'll scout will be pissed off and i'll be in his room he's like leave me alone and i'll be like buddy i just want to talk to you and jennifer will be like just give him a few minutes give him a few minutes and then I'll go and apologize and 
or um, vice versa he'll blow up and then he'll come back out like 10 minutes later and he's like i just need to give you a hug yeah <laughs> so i think i mean yeah it's a normal normal thing to go through it's yeah it doesn't doesn't feel very good when it happens so hey no definitely not definitely not he uh when we were in maryland he's never gotten really hurt i don't think i think he's only ever seen like a cut with blood like once and right before he moved up here he was running and slipped on the rug and hit his chin right between the rug and the hardwood floor and it like tore his chin and it was like gushing blood and jennifer was gone she was on her way home so i called her and he was freaking out and i felt so bad i was like dude yeah and he had to go get he was gonna get stitches and they glued it thankfully yeah but scary I was just, though yeah that first yeah. experience in the hospital and blood yeah and that stuff. yeah yeah so now anytime he hurts himself he's like am i bleeding am i gonna die <laughs> <laughs> nobody you're not <laughs> yeah blood they either like love it and are obsessed with it or they yeah it just totally freaks them out my daughter's really freaked out about blood too yeah it's like a paper yeah. cut she's like ah <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy so Aaron, what's next for you? Like what, what's going, what's going on? So I know Bain, Bain's kind of done and that's been documented. So tell us a little bit about the the documentary. We touched on it a little bit earlier, but tell us a bit about that. Yeah. So uh, my good friend, Dan Ellswick, he's, I've been friends with him forever. He used to live in Denver and uh, for years before Bain ended, he would always approach me being like, Hey, I want to come on tour and film some stuff. He's, he's a professional camera guy for like some some very well-known tv shows he does mostly reality shows but uh he's always been bugging me and like if anybody knows bane he, they know that we're kind of lazy we were always kind of a lazy band like somebody would ask us something we'd be like yeah we'll do it and then eight months later we finally get it to him or like like we literally still have merch from our last show in a storage space in worcester and every six months, we're like, all right, we're going to get up online. We're going to sell it. And then it just fades away. Yeah. And then six months later, we're like, all right, we're going to sell that merch. And it goes away. So we literally have a storage space filled, not filled. We have a lot of merch in a storage space in Worcester. Yeah. That's just sitting there because we ha- we're too lazy to. So, but. Uh, you got to put it up, man. Oh, yeah, we have to. <laughs> so Dan kept asking me to come on tour. And when we announced the last us tour he was like dude i'm coming out i want to make a documentary and uh we chatted it for a bit and uh he was asking me like if he did it what we want to do and i was like i don't want it to be a cheesy documentary like as as lame as it sounds like i was always like i wanted it to be like like a film like a movie not just like about like i wanted anybody to be able to watch it not necessarily if they even knew bane you know and uh I actually, I actually used filmage as like my like holy grail, yeah. <laughs> which I, which actually my wife and I watched that the night, the, the day Scout was born. That oh, was, really? We watched that the day during the day before he was born. Yeah. It's so good. So good. I've watched it probably realistically like th- uh, 30 times or 40 <laughs> times a lot. That's, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So that's a uh, good, but a good bar to, to set for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So he came out on the last tour and filmed a ton of stuff. And to be honest, like, I don't think he really had any 
he had a somewhat vision kind of, but like he didn't have a full vision of what he wanted until like six months after the last show. And then everything kind of clicked for him and like how he wanted it to be about like the whole band and not just the whole timeline of the band and not just the last tour and the last show. Like, cause I mean, in reality, if you watch that, there's maybe five minutes of the last show on there total, you know? Um, so he did that and I seriously could not thank Dan and Ricky and everybody else that was involved. They did such an amazing job with it. And uh, like they've, they're trying to get it to a couple of like film festivals now and stuff, but obviously that's really hard yeah. to do with all this, you know, but they've put their heart and soul into that. I mean, I, we, Bane was pretty hands off with the whole thing, you know, like we were nervous going out on the last tour and we're like, I mean, I, we all know Dan enough, but we were like, we don't want these cameras in our faces all the time. We don't, yeah. we don't want it to feel like contrived or feel awkward walking around, but like you would forget they were even there the whole tour, you know? And what a like awesome thing to have for you guys, even just to kind yeah. of document that and kind of put a bow on, on everything. Like the first time I, I watched in one of the first edits and it was way longer than it was. And it was that compared to the final version is way different, but I didn't watch the final version till actually the night it physically came out. Cause in my eyes, like that was the, the last thing I was waiting for with Bane. Right. And I didn't want to have nothing else to look forward to with Bane. Right. So it was, it was really hard to watch it. Emotional. And it still is. I mean, it, I mean, there's stuff in there. Like the first time you watch it, I was like, oh shit, that happened? And then this happened? Oh, and then that happened after that? Like, I mean, Bane didn't end because of anything bad. Like it was never like a thing that we didn't, we didn't get along. It was just, there, there were a lot of dads in the band that couldn't spend eight or nine months on the road anymore. Right. And, you know, some people were like full-time or nothing. And we're like, okay, then we can't because I'm not going to be gone for my son's life. You know, <laughs> like I, I miss some things, but I'm so thankful that I'm around now as much as I am, you know? Yeah. Well, you kind of talked a little bit earlier about you, you mentioned compromise, right? Like this is one of those, yeah. one of those things yeah. for you. Yeah. And like fast forward now to like, to be well, like everybody in the band is a dad. And we know, one, there's an understanding that if something comes up and the band can has to do, has to do it, like it's an opportunity we couldn't turn down, then we're just going to get somebody else if somebody can't do it. You know, like that's just like the 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 compromise we make is like, okay, we're just going to do what we can do, and somebody can't do it, then it's understood that you're good. If we get a fill-in bass player, a fill-in guitar player, a fill-in drummer. But we also aren't going to tour eight months a year, you know? Right. right. And so speaking of Be Well, so new album came out last year during the pandemic. So what what's going on with Be Well? What, what's coming up next with Be Well? Well, we're already writing a second LP. Nice. <laughs> Which uh, I don't think it'll come out anytime in the next, I mean, honestly, I don't even know, a year and a half, two years, maybe. <laughs> But um, 
we want to play shows. We're yep. supposed to have a, we temp, we, we have a, a tour temporarily booked for Europe, I believe at the end of October. Okay. It was supposed to happen now. And obviously that then we knew it wasn't going to happen. So we moved it to May and we knew that wasn't going to happen. So we were like, all right, let's try the end of October. So hopefully that happens. I mean, yeah. Fingers crossed, right? Like it's yeah. looking like maybe fall might happen. I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Yeah, me too. I think, I mean, obviously all the bands need it mentally and financially. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm hoping uh, Europe is a weird place, man. Europe is so on top of their game. Like I feel like the U S and even I mean, Canada is up more on top of the game than the U S but I feel like people just take so much, so much of that stuff for granted, like arts in general, especially in the U S. And I think when things open up again, I'm hoping that people realize that people need art for their mental well-being. Like, you know, whether it's going to a museum or going to a show or whatever it is, like people need art, like people need that creative outlet and people need to take that in just to keep their, their mental well-being, you know? I totally agree. And if anything is, I hope with all this, there is some good that comes out of it. And it's like people start realizing that they need to, one, support like the people right around them. I mean you know, people close to them, I guess you could say, yeah. like whether it be a business or the community or whatever. And, and not take, and the other thing is not take anything for granted. I mean, you don't, you never know, you know, like. Yeah. This has put not, everybody to the test this last year or so. Knock on wood, but like, you never know who, like, you know, somebody could get it and then you'll never see them again. You know, like yeah. anybody, it seems like there's no rhyme or reason to it really, you know? Yeah. So I'm hoping people are a little more uh, live in the moment, kind of. Yeah, you know? I, I think that's probably going to be a, a byproduct of it. Hopefully it's a, a good byproduct of this whole situation. People, you know, realizing that we've had it good for a really long time and, you know, this kind of thing can come along and, and yeah. cause a lot of damage and stress. And I mean, I think, and I also think that when shows do happen, I think they're going to be, insane for yeah. a long for a while which would be awesome you know i think yeah. you know like i said just the people's need to have music or art i think the shows are going to be crazy with whatever venues are left too that's the other thing like uh, yeah what venue what venues are not going to be closed down if the stuff doesn't change yeah you know what about your your coffee roastery essex coffee roasters um i've been been doing it for about three years now but really in the past year and a half is when i really started to like pick up doing it more um i do all small i mean it's not necessarily just a small batch but we're a small batch coffee roasting company so i roast everything to order cool. I, I i roast every i roast every two weeks to whatever i need so nothing's ever sitting on a shelf for more than two weeks and That's you can't awesome. act you shouldn't actually use the beans for three days after you roast them. So essentially it's like a week and a half at the most right. that they're sitting, you know? Um, but it's going great. I mean, I'm lucky I'm staying afloat. I'm not saying I'm not like 
gaining much ground right now just because everything going on. But I'm lucky that I'm just like staying steady and not going under, you know? Yeah. So, so that's trying keeping, to keeping try to establish steady. myself down here. Yeah. 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 Cool. yeah. And, well, I have to ask about only crime. So I'm a huge only crime fan, but uh, I have to ask. You so kind of I. Said, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm still an only crime. So that gives me some hope that maybe there's uh, something on the horizon at some point there. Yeah. Crime we've doors not closed. No, it's definitely not closed at all. Um, funny situation is just like, if you look back at the history of like the way things happened was when I was touring all the time, nobody else in only crime had anything going on. Descendants weren't around. Good riddance wasn't around. Like nobody was doing anything. And then Bane ends and I'm not doing anything, but then everybody else is, and everybody else is doing everything. (laughs) So, but there is, there is hope um we've definitely have chat we chat we still chat all the time and we actually toyed with the idea of writing a record with everybody so having like donnie and zach come in and write too and uh we're pretty sure that's what's gonna happen and i would say every three months we're like all right let's figure i mean obviously now it's a little bit different yeah but we're always like, let's figure it out. And then like, we'll talk for a while and it'll kind of fade away a little bit. And then we'll talk about it and it'll fade away a little bit. But I'm hoping, especially after this is all done, that we'll actually get together and do stuff, you know? Awesome. Yeah. Well, Aaron, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and telling us your story. Um, Any advice um, for dads out there or maybe dads to be? I mean... I said it before, but I think everybody's just going to live in the moment kind of, you know what I mean? And just kind of go with what comes with, comes to you. You know, uh, our parents were not wrong. The older you get life goes by so much quicker. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe I have a six-year-old son right now. You know, it feels like I was on those last tours a year ago and now I have a six-year-old son. Yeah it goes by quick. So like soak in everything you possibly can, you know? Yeah. It's not just a cliche. Hey, you got to live for the moment. You seriously do and enjoy it all. And kids are crazy, but you got to go with it. You know, like we were all crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And now they have all this other stimulation or on top of it. So it's like, you just gotta, you know, let your kid be a kid and enjoy it. You know? Yeah, it's good advice. Thanks, man. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, that was Aaron Dahlbeck on The Rad Dad Show. Thanks so much to Aaron for joining us. If you liked this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you drop us a review on iTunes. And if you're looking for more Rad Dad's content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show. And on Facebook and Twitter at at rad dads show. And now you can also look us up on YouTube for some video interviews as well including this one. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. And you can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.